all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking, the show all about you and your family. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Developmental and Behavioral Pediatrician and Professor Emeritus at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Most agree that girls and boys are raised differently. Why do you think that's the case? Other than the physical differences, are there really intellectual and emotional differences that are inborn? Are expectations significantly different between the sexes? And is that fair? Is it limiting a child's full development? Tell us how you're raised. What do you think? Were you limited? Let's talk about what's going on in your life. Share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. This is Relatively Speaking from MPB Think Radio. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Windsor Johnston. Congressional Democrats are calling for Republican House Intelligence Committee Chairman Devin Nunes to recuse himself from the panel's investigation of Russian interference in the U.S. presidential election. The panel's ranking Democrat Adam Schiff and others say his ties to the White House raises doubts about his ability to lead an impartial investigation. President Trump will make good on a campaign pledge to boost domestic energy production. NPR's Giles Snyder reports the president today will visit the headquarters of the Environmental Protection Agency. Just last week, the president told supporters in Louisville, Kentucky, to expect new executive actions on coal, repeating his pledge to put miners back to work. The executive order he's planning to sign at the EPA is aimed at reversing environmental regulations put in place by former President Obama. The move is meant to boost domestic energy production. Environmental groups are already pledging to fight back. NPR's Giles Snyder. The Government Accountability Office says it will examine the costs and security measures associated with President Trump's visit to his private nightclub in Palm Beach, Florida. NPR's Greg Allen reports. President Trump has been a frequent visitor to Mar-a-Lago, spending five weekends there since taking office. In February, after diners at the private club posted photos of him conferring with Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, four Democratic members of Congress asked the General Accountability Office to conduct a review. The GAO has agreed to examine four areas, including what measures are being used at Mar-a-Lago to safeguard classified material and what type of security screening the Secret Service is using for guests at the club. In addition, the agency will review what measures are in place to ensure travel charges are fair and reasonable and whether the Treasury has received any payments from profits at President Trump's hotels. The Trump Organization has promised to donate any profits at his hotels from payments made by foreign governments. Greg Allen, NPR News, Miami. A judge at Spain's National Court has agreed to hear the first criminal trial of Syrian government officials accused of state terrorism during that country's civil war. Lauren Frere reports from Madrid. 
More than 20 war crimes lawsuits have been filed in Europe against Syrian opposition groups or jihadis. But this is the first case against nine top Syrian government officials, including the vice president. The plaintiff is a Spanish woman born in Syria who says her brother was tortured and executed by Syrian forces in 2013. Evidence submitted to Spain's national court includes forensic photos smuggled out of Syria of the man's burned and beaten body. If convicted, the defendants could be arrested if they travel abroad and have their foreign assets seized. The reason this couldn't go to the International Criminal Court is that Syria's ally Russia has vowed to veto any such referral. For NPR News, I'm Lauren Fryer in Madrid. On Wall Street, the Dow is up 98 points, the Nasdaq up 20. This is NPR News in Washington. Parts of the southern U.S. are in the path of a severe weather system. Mainly from Arkansas across eastern Texas into uh, western and northern parts of Louisiana. Um, And that may also include parts of eastern Oklahoma, far eastern Oklahoma as well. Storm Prediction Center forecaster Jeremy Grams, he says damaging winds, hail and tornadoes are in the forecast for the rest of the week. Scientists have created a device made from living human tissue that can mimic the female reproductive cycle in the lab. NPR's Rob Stein reports. The researchers at Northwestern University call their device the EVATAR. They combined living human tissue with mouse ovaries to make the system. They then showed the EVATAR could mimic the normal 28-day hormonal cycle that occurs in the female reproductive system. The scientists say they hope to use the EVATAR to learn more about how the normal human female reproductive system works and perhaps someday make personalized EVATARs to test the safety and effectiveness of new treatments for individual women. Rob Stein, NPR News. Samsung says it has no plans to rent or sell refurbished Galaxy Note 7 smartphones in the United States. The phones were pulled from the market last year due to fire-prone batteries. The Asian tech giant says the phones will be offered in some markets but did not provide specifics. Stocks are continuing to trade higher at this hour on Wall Street. The Dow was up 100 points, the Nasdaq up 21, the S&P 500 up 12. I'm Windsor Johnston, NPR News in Washington. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Mile IQ. The Mile IQ app automatically tracks business miles to streamline and maximize deductions or expenses. The Mile IQ app is available for download in the App Store and Google Play. This is Relatively Speaking with Dr. Susan Buttress on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, family at mpbonline.org. And now, Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. Good morning. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. This morning, we're talking about the boys versus girls, disparities in the way children are raised. Do you think those exist? Um, Certainly, many people believe that. So most agree that boys and girls are raised differently. But why is that? Certainly, there's some physical differences. Are there really intellectual, emotional, brain differences and, and things such as that? And with that, 
do you think expectations are significantly different between the sexes, even from a young age? And if so, is that fair? Are we presetting the way a young individual will turn out as an adult? Do you think it's limiting a full potential? So I'd like to hear how you were raised. What do you think about that? How maybe you raised your children or how you see others raising children and whether or not you think that is um, something we need to really look at better. So we know, we know that there are some discrepancies between boys and girls. There's some inborn differences, and I will talk a little bit about those, but they may not be quite as significant as we thought. We think, too, that um, parenting boys versus boys versus girls um, may have some gender stereotypes. Uh, for example, um, how many times have you heard someone say, oh, quit babying him. He's going to be such a mama's boy, right? Or um, she's such a tomboy. Um, so just because a girl is uh, physically adept or good at sports or someone who is great at building things, um, does that mean she's she's not enough of a girl? And what about the boy who has... Uh, a wonderful skill set in the area of verbalizations or artistic skill sets. Does that make him less of a male? So as we go through this, I want you to think about sometimes our preset notions about how we approach um, our very young children. Um, Because maybe if we... uh, have a definitive approach on the way boys versus girls are raised, then maybe we're presetting things that maybe that's not the way that individual might have turned out. Maybe that girl would have been an engineer. Uh, Maybe that boy would have been uh, a chef or uh, an artist. So, We need to stop and think as we're looking at what we're doing. And while you're thinking about this, let me talk to you a little bit about some of the the differences, some of the nature debate that's gone on. There have been some studies that, that have found some differences between boys and girls and the way they respond to the world, even beginning at birth. It seems that newborn girls, for example, spend more time maintaining eye contact with adults. Um, So at four months, in some studies, infant girls seem to be better able to recognize faces. Infant boys, on the other hand, tend to stare just as attentively to other non-human entities like a blinking light or um, instead of a human face. So what does that mean? The other thing that that uh, has been shown in some studies over the last, oh gosh, 15 years is that uh, girls tend to reach initial developmental milestones verbally Uh, the verbal milestones earlier than boys. Also, um, some motor milestones a little bit earlier. So girls tend to develop um, 
those putting words together, not not just um, verbal, but also nonverbal communication skills more quickly. And they also develop eye-hand coordination and controlling emotions a little more quickly. But but then as children age and move forward, then that changes a bit. So um, boys, it has been shown in a couple of studies that babies, boy babies, um, if they were born to higher levels of testosterone are more likely to have a little bit later speech-language development. And they did these studies from umbilical cords um, at birth. So some interesting stuff going on out there that there are some differences, but would those differences be a real wash if we raised our children differently? So I want to hear what you think about the way we raise boys and girls, the way boys and girls are approached, um, anywhere from the, the home front to the playground to the classroom. And do you think those differences maybe preset what you did. I want to hear from you. Give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org and tell us what you think. So do you think that perhaps the way we approach children is one of those self fulfilling prophecies. So boys are believed to be stronger, more aggressive than girls. Girls are supposed to be more social, emotional. And so then we treat boys and girls that way along those gender lines. Is that possible that perhaps it's um, not all nature, some of it's nurture? So we do have some information that At four years of age, girls seems to be better at interpreting emotions, building relationships, um, while boys are better at understanding spatial relationships. There are also some notable differences between boys and girls when it comes to language, like I said, at age four. So it continues. Research shows that... um, This is something that continues up to at least age four. And um, so uh, why do you think that is? Again, is that that inborn or is that something that that we did to our children? Um, And, you know, it goes both ways. Um, Would girls develop better spatial relationships and better ability to to do things that guys tend to do better? Um, So I want you to think about that and give us a call. Um, We're going to take our first caller, but I just want to preset things. Um, and we'll talk about, remember those old book, that book that was written several years ago by um, John Gray, I believe was his name, back in 1972, the book, um, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that and how right or wrong was he. So we're going to go on to Mary. Good morning, Mary. Thanks for calling. You're in Hernando, right? 
Hey there. Hi. You um, have um, some thoughts? Admittedly, it's been quite a while since I was in high school, but um, I went to a top prep girls' school, college prep girls' school, in in my, in the city close by, and uh, and we were taught girls were taught the ideal girl was taught to be kind, loving, caring, gentle, and and more or less, without saying it, submissive. Mm-hmm. The boys in the top boys' school prep school were taught, you will grow up to run this city, this county, this state, and this nation. Get prepared. Ah, interesting. I think that kind of sums it up. Yeah. Mary, if you don't mind, what in what year did you graduate? Hello? Um, did you um, hear me, Mary? I, I asked. I asked. In what year did you graduate? Graduated in '63, and they don't. They don't. I noticed they don't have the ideal girl anymore. But right. um, But I guarantee you, it's much the same. Yeah, Mary, you might yeah, want to Mary, turn your radio turn down. Radio down. We're getting a feedback. If you'll turn your radio down, we won't have that. So, I, 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 certainly, Mary, we did. Um, you and I are of a similar area. I graduated in 69, and, and um, I think you're right. I'm, I'm curious as to people who graduated later than than that 63 or 69. Did you, did you feel that you were told that you could do what you wanted to do, or was there a big difference that the boys were the leaders and the women were the submissive? submissive um, and I don't you know the the ones who learned how to be really good homemakers and certainly I don't want to minimize the value of homemaking because that is of course the most important job any of us have is to make sure that children are raised to be good citizens later on and you take care of your home so um that's that's a question that I'd like to to throw out. Are we still doing that? We may be in some schools and in some arenas uh, letting men know that they're the assertive leaders who need to take over. And certainly in past and certainly um, on the playground many times, you even see that played out. Little boys are more of the aggressors. Girls get off in little circles and tend to pretend and share and talk about other things. Um, And occasionally one will cross over. But when that happens, um, is there a correction that happens? I just wonder what's going on there. Um, Let's go to break. And when we come back, we'll go to Frank and Jackson. I want you to think about the boys versus girls and the disparities in which children are raised. Uh, Do you think we're doing a disservice? Do you think that maybe there are significant disparities that we just have to recognize? Give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. We'll be right back.
informative MPB news stories, the local shows you love, up-to-date severe weather info, and the state and worldwide reach telling the story of Mississippi. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. On the next Fix It 101, we're trying to take you from here to here. Spring has finally sprung, and it's time to get outside, but not before we let Andrew Hitchcock from Fonder and Small Engine Repair have a look at your machines. As always, Dale Moore from Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Simmons from Houseworks will be at the table to help you with your projects. That's Fix It 101 tomorrow at 9 on MPB Think Radio. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, family at mpbonline.org. Welcome back. Thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking. Today we're talking about the differences in the way boys and girls are raised. Um, do you think that's real? Other than the physical differences, are we approaching girls and boys different from an intellectual and emotional uh, standpoint? And then do you think if we're doing that, are we changing the ultimate outcome of what that young woman or young man might be? Is it fair and is it limiting? So want to hear how you were raised, what you think about this, and do you think there's some changes that perhaps we need to make in the way we approach this? You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. Okay, let's go back to the phones before we get into any more. This is Frank. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, good morning. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for calling. You've got some thoughts about nature versus nurture. Yeah, I just love talking to scientists and doctors <laughs> who do scientific investigations, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, the one thing that scientists don't want to give value to is that, that, that the world was created. There is a creator. There is a plan. And in, within that plan, uh, there is a continuum of skills, um, talents, uh, and it's all designed toward one end. Now, as a Christian, you know, I, 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 I see the end. I, I, I know where the end is going. Uh, so your world and life view has a lot to do with how you raise your children. Um, for instance, if you're in, uh, say, the Muslim community, there are certain strictures that they have that they have developed over the years that is going to uh, enable them to continue what they're doing to deal with their environment, et cetera, et cetera. But as a Christian, we say that all of this is going to come together. The Muslims, the Jews, uh, the Hindus, God has been talking to these people different ways throughout the millennium, but Christians feel that the end is going to be Christ. And I think the continuity and the continuum that we continue to see 
even in sexual orientation and in skills, et cetera, et cetera, it's a plan. So I applaud scientists for trying to ignore the fact that this is a design toward an end um, and toward a goal. And while we're here on Earth, our goal is to assist each other and be kind. And if you put a structure on a person who obviously has a, a predilection in one direction, uh, you're, you're a lady, so we don't, we don't think you should be doing mechanics, et cetera, et cetera. That is a disservice to them and a disservice to the needs of the community, probably. So, again, I applaud you scientists trying to solve these <laughs> problems with, with, uh, with half a day. Uh, but it's certainly an excellent conversation. Well, thanks, Frank. Thanks for your your thoughts and your opinions. So, um, yeah, I think that uh, it's the the differences are clearly there. Um, but how great are the differences? And as we move along, we'll talk about there. There is a neuroscientist who has really looked into whether or not the brain differences are that great or if they're they're more minimal and there may be a plan out there or it may be that that we are molding people into what we think the plan should be hard to know as we move along but um but we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more the the differences in the female brain uh, according to Brizendine who who thinks that there were great big differences out of the University of uh, California. Um, a neuroscientist um, in her own right um, feels like that there are unique aptitudes between the two. Whereas other neuroscientists say, you know, not so fast. Um, uh, Liz Elliott, or Lise Elliott, uh, another neuroscientist, looked at the pink brain and blue brain and found that there's not that much evidence. And, you know, the book that I mentioned earlier, uh, Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus, uh, she proposes, Elliott proposes, that it's more like men are from North Dakota and women are from South Dakota. So there's some minor differences, but not some huge differences. With that, let's go back to the phones. Uh, Robert in Meridian. Good morning, Robert. Thanks for calling. Good morning, Dr. Buttress. Um, In being raised by a lone parent, my mother, and as her only child, I was being raised to be the little gentleman. All right? Mm -hmm. And all of those subway and bus rides that we took... The little gentleman was glad to give up his seat to the elder. And suddenly I can remember, I mean, you, 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 you touch a lot of pieces of my past, mm. but uh, I can remember the smile on the face of the person who is now sitting in the seat that I just occupied next to my mother and of my mother's pride at her little gentleman who she is successfully raising to generously give up his seat, all right? You're the only person that has ever asked me about that incident that I shared a long time ago, mm-hmm. the why about the bus and the person on fire. And this links right back to, I mean, I've puzzled and asked myself, you know, why did you get up? And it is partly that little gentleman carryover into my 30s 
that somebody was in need. This isn't helping someone with their groceries or giving a seat up on the bus, but it was already instilled in me to be the, the helpful individual. So it was automatic. So what you're saying is some of it certainly may be innate, but that kind of thing, that kindness and that giving nature also has to somehow be taught. So if you are taught that you don't worry about other people and if you're taught that um, perhaps it's okay to be aggressive um, more so than just assertive um, or if you are taught that you must always be the leader because of your sex or because of your position, then then perhaps you... Um, may turn out to be something that you might not have otherwise. So you're you're right, Robert. I think um, having the right kind of pattern model is um, always going to make a bit of a change. And and anybody who believes that it's all nature is is wrong. Um, nurture has a lot to do with it. Now, how much we don't know. Um, it's hard to discern that. Thanks. Thanks so much, Robert, for your call. Thank you. Let's go um, to James in Wiggins now. James, you have some comments about man versus women. Yes, I do. Um, First of all, I would like to agree with your last caller in that, well, I was taught to, well, give my seat to ladies to open for young women, old women. I still do that. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter their age. I still do it because my parents taught me that women are the life givers of the human race. Wow. Uh, I mean, this is what I was taught. So do you think your parents taught you to put women more up on a pedestal? Um, or do you... F- Not to put them on a pedestal, but I have actually been cursed because I opened the door for a woman. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm from the South. We are taught basic courtesy, you know. Well, and, you know, honestly, James, we've talked about this on air before a couple of times, and I'm just embarrassed that someone would curse you for trying to be polite. I will say that if it works I'll, I often open the door for a man if he has something in his hands or if I am ahead of him and I make sure I hold the door open. Why in the world would one not reciprocate that? Um, That's a good and, question. Yeah. Uh, and why in the world would you find it an insult? I'd love to hear from any woman out there who believes that's insulting uh, because I don't understand it and and would would like to know. I think if we want to be treated equally, and, and certainly I think all of you know I grew up in an era when there were some some issues when whether or not women were really treated equally and there still are some issues as far as salaries and the number of corporate leaders and all of that we know that but yeah and yes we have fought but i think um to to may i, may I say one other thing please do and i know you've heard this before but it's so true 
Okay. Even among men, things are definitely not equal. Okay. Uh, men are taught from a young age to struggle and struggle and struggle. And people seem to ignore that. What do you mean, struggle? Do you mean men are supposed to just kind of take a deep breath? There are people in the world that are saying, oh, we're all equal. Well, we are equal as far as human rights go. I agree there. I'm the first to agree there. Mm -hmm. But are we equal uh, mentally? Are we equal physically? Are we equal in many other ways? No, of course not. No, there are certainly differences. We all know that, that yes. some people are more intelligent than others. Some have another skill set than others. And so, yeah, you're right. Um, no matter how hard we try, everybody is not on an even plane is what you're saying. But everybody should be treated with equal respect and everybody should be given a chance so you're saying that i think i'm hearing you say that you feel that perhaps um people are that that men are allowed to struggle more than women and women get are given a helping hand more quickly well it goes back to the professor talking about, you know, in that college, mm-hmm. kind of differences mm-hmm. in brains, you know, the brain of a woman, the brain of a man. So, um, so James, uh, there are some differences. We know that the emotional center of women is usually, typically, just a little bit larger if you look at MRI scans. And there's some some different sort of firings if you look at functional MRIs, perhaps, in men versus women. But we also know that those differences may be much smaller than we originally thought. And are those differences... Because if you don't use it, you lose it kind of stuff. If you're taught not to be emotional, is that emotional center going to be less used? If you're you're not given those puzzle-solving um, uh, skills to work on, does that mean that area of your brain is going to be used less and so you lose that? So um, you've put some good thoughts out there, James. Thanks for your call. Um, and let's hear what other people think about all this. Let's go next, uh, before our next break, let's go to John in Magnolia. John, good morning. Good morning. You have some thoughts about um, what you were exposed to, maybe? Well, yeah, because I was just wondering, because like I told the gentleman, see, I was born on the Indian Reservation in Cherokee, North Carolina, and I was raised without a mother or father. And I didn't get into schooling, but I went in the military, and I spent two years at Murfreesboro at the VA Mental Hospital. And it's just some things that I can't comprehend, but they got me on medicine. I have to go back and forth and talk to my social worker. Mm-hmm. It's just some things that, you know, I don't know and some things that I do know. Right. Yeah. So, John, it sounds like you had a very difficult upbringing, and I I can't imagine that you would not have 
uh, had the opportunity to go to school. I'm so sorry that happened to you. It sounds like um, you felt like maybe the military was the way to go, or were you directed toward that? And Well, I just wanted to die. Ah. Well, I up. So you felt like you didn't have much to live for. I hope, John, that you're getting the help that you need and certainly deserve. Um, I'm so sorry to hear that 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 happened to you. But but honestly, I I think um, this might be a really good time to give a shout out to how important good foster care is. And when we have children who don't have parents, how important it is for that village to take up and and treat individuals correctly. John, thanks for your call. I'm so sorry. And I hope, again, you're getting the help that you need. If you feel like you need anything more, you can certainly call back and leave me information or... um, if if you are able to, you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org, and I can help you um, find some resources. Thanks for your call, John. Good luck. Um, let's go to our next break, and when we get back, we have Jim, Sue, and Kim all waiting. Um, we'll be with y'all shortly. Hang on. We're talking about... The differences in the way boys and girls are raised. Want to hear from you? Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and we'll be right back. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Hamtramck, Michigan, a city of immigrants. These days, mostly from Bangladesh and Yemen. So anti-Muslim attitudes hit hard. There's times where you just got to be the better person and the bigger person. You know, being a Middle Eastern descent, we have to be stronger and learn how to control our emotions. A visit to predominantly Muslim Hamtramck, Michigan, this afternoon on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. Hi, I'm Jason Klein, director of radio here at MPB. We asked and you delivered. One day, one drive reached our goal because of you. MPB Think Radio is your station, and you proved it by donating $125,000 in one day. You made public radio history in Mississippi. All that's left to say is thank you. is Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, 
Call 877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Cesar Buttress, and we are talking about the differences in the way boys and girls are raised, and are we doing them a disservice? So we've got several callers. Let's go on back to the phones. We're going first to Jim in Jackson. Jim, you have some thoughts about courtesy. I do, uh, and the overlay on this question uh, has to do with the military. I was in the military, and it was pretty easy to determine how courtesy should be rendered. Uh-huh. We're rendered from subordinate to superior and superior to subordinate. And so if I was uh, with a senior officer who was a woman, I would open the door for her, not because she was a woman, but because she was my superior. Okay. By the same token, if there was a female who was junior to me, she would open the door for me because in the military, I was her superior. So it was a neat overlay that lets you know the rules very easily as to how respect should be rendered. I like that. Thank you. Thank you for that military example, and it makes perfect sense. Um, Certainly, um, I think many of us, if there was an older man who was um, walking near us, we would we would do the same. I know I would. And um, Sam Wells, uh, who's producing the show today, was just telling me about an incident of a classmate who um, went to Yale from his class in the South. And, and she said, boy, I could tell that... Um, um, I wasn't from here because she said when she went through a door, there was a guy in front of her and he let the door go right in her face. Now, I'm going back to um, I just wanted to bring that up because I don't think that's a north south issue, frankly. I think that if you drop the door in someone's face that's followed right behind you, perhaps you're being a bit insensitive and rude. I don't know. But, um, Jim, I like the military example, and I think that um, it sounds like there's some work toward having clear um, clear lines of equality there. So thanks for your call. Surely. Um, let's go next to Kim in Bay St. Louis. Kim, you have, uh, yes. you have some thoughts about opening doors, too. I actually do. Uh, I am first responding to your request for someone from... The era after yours. Yeah. Uh, I graduated high school in 1973. And uh, I also have a minor in women's studies. And oh, good. So I'm seeing things from uh, a slightly um, behind the second wave of feminists. The first wave, of course, being the uh, suffragists. Uh, at the turn of the last century, right, and the second wave being having started by Betty Friedan and and uh, 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 Gloria Steinem in the right. in the middle sixties, and I took a great number of things for granted. I took for granted that I could do and be anything I wanted to do and be, mm-hmm. but I also realized that there was still a fight to be fought for continuing and and embracing the, uh, the equality for women concept among 
everybody. I still have a pin that says 69 cents, and I'm sure that you can mm-hmm. uh, understand what that is. Right. Because right. women in 1970s and 80s were only earning 69 cents for every dollar that exactly. they were earning. Unfortunately, that is still approximately the same. Um, but the the concept of... Uh, I, I found that there were things other than my gender that were much more intrinsic to my uh, uh, development, such as birth order and family history. I have a family history of very strong women who did very important things. Uh, one was a researcher who helped um, uh, to develop the, the theory of uh, DDT being harmful to the environment. Wow. And yeah, you're bringing so, up great a great point is that, um, yes, there's a lot more than gender that uh, dictates yeah. who you are. Yes. And so with regard to the concept of gender and predestination, I was always brought up with the idea that biology was not de- destiny and women should not be judged on the basis of the shape of their skin. And so I believe that with the concept of the bell-shaped curve of probability, there are in the human race going to be men who subscribe to more feminine attributes and women who do the converse. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what we need to do in the overarching uh, uh, philosophy of society is base our decisions about people on other things than gender, their capabilities, their their skills, their interests. Great. In the same way that we do not determine a person's capabilities, skills, or interests on the on the basis of their skin color. Right, Kim. Those are some excellent points, and I think we need to remember that that biology, as you said, does not does not dictate uh, success or failure. Um, there's so much more, and you're right. There's still some differences, both from um, gender differences and racial differences, and we just need to continue to work toward um, having that go away. So, Kim, thanks. I, I too, was raised where um, women could do whatever men could do as long as they had the will to do it. So, um, thanks for that. Thanks for your call, and thanks for your insight. Let's go next to Sue in Beaumont. Sue, you've been so patient. Thanks for waiting. Thank you. I just have a comment about raising children to be what their gender gender-appropriate, you might say. Right. Uh, but if you have a son that you're raising who wants to be a ballet dancer or a rock star, I I think parents ought to encourage, in fact, insist that child go on and get his college degree in, like, engineering or hydrology or something they can use when they realize when they're 35 that those things aren't going to happen, you know. They have to have something that's solid, they can, a foundation they can go back on and make a living. Is that too harsh? 
Well, that's a, a good question, Sue. I think there are a lot of people out there who um, are pushed into careers because that's what mom or dad thinks they should do or that's what they think they should do. And they end up as being, you know, being unhappy people. So I I agree with you that very few people can become uh, a rock star, a famous singer. But if that individual's true love is in the area of music, one could encourage their child to be maybe not a huge income earner, but you could be a, a music teacher. You could you could be an art history major. You could be someone who could teach or um, work in the field without becoming a star. I have a little bit of difficulty of pushing someone into um, an area that they have absolutely no interest in because I would pretty much guarantee that that individual would be an unhappy one. So as long as you're steering them into a skill set of something that they enjoy doing, um, and, and sometimes that's hard. Sometimes you, you're not hearing a skill set that even makes sense that they could make a living. So sometimes you have to really take some time and sometimes having a counselor help through understand where you're coming from, Sue, though. If, I actually think that women have much more latitude in choosing what they want to do in life much more than men do because men are kind of pushed in this being the provider kind of thing. Women have much more latitude. I think you're right. And is that fair? Is it fair that a man has to always be viewed as that income earner, that wage winner, and then the girl, the woman, gets to do whatever she wants because she's going to find that man? I don't think that's fair, and I certainly would never want to steer my girls in that direction. I um, hopefully raise them all three of my girls to know that the expectation was that they would have a skill set and a career that would allow them to take care of themselves. And I think that's what we need to do. It's not fair to the men to have the burden all the time. That's my opinion. And there may be some people out there who will disagree. Um, we still have time for you to call in. If you do, we, you can call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 7464 Sue, thanks so much for calling. We're going to squeeze in another break. And when we get back, we're going to go next to Louise and then Ben. Um, Y'all hang on. We'll be right back. Mississippi ranks 50th in child well-being. So what makes a child healthy and well? So it's not merely the absence of disease, but social, physical, spiritual, emotional well-being. There's so much more to the health of a child that I think we need to drastically change our view of what health care is. Parents share their stories as Southern Remedy explores what prevents Mississippi's children from growing up well. Thursday, March 30th on MPB TV. On the next Fix It 101, we're trying to take you from here to here. 
spring has finally sprung and it's time to get outside. But not before we let Andrew Hitchcock from Funder and Small Engine Repair have a look at your machines. As always, Dale Moore from Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Simmons from Houseworks will be at the table to help you with your projects. That's Fix It 101. Tomorrow at 9 on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Jason Klein, Director of Radio here at MPB. We asked and you delivered. One day, one drive reached our goal because of you. MPB Think Radio is your station, and you proved it by donating $125,000 in one day. You made public radio history in Mississippi. All that's left to say is thank you. is Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show at mpbonline.org. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. We're talking about the differences in the way we raise boys and girls. And we have several callers in the line, so let's jump right back to the phones. We're going to go to First Louise in Mobile, Alabama. Louise, thanks for calling. Yes, you're welcome. I just wanted to tell you, I I grew up uh, during the uh, Second World War era in Europe, and those were tough times, so I was, the whole genre just said, don't cry. It's just a little thing, you know, a bloody knee or something. Don't cry. Don't cry. So there, and and I had a brother that was two years older, so I grew up a tomboy, mm-hmm. and uh, and I was played with his friends, cowboy and Indian. Of course, I always was Indian squaw, and so we we just did that among ourselves. But I, I I'm a tomboy. I still li- love the outdoors, but I'm definitely. A woman, and uh, I have emotions. I have uh, feelings. I don't really cry all the time like a lot of women do at the drop of a hat cry, but I I do swallow my tears. But I'm all girl. I enjoy it. I like the chivalry of of the older set that opens my doors. So in a way, my upbringing has affected me, but it hasn't turned me into a hard rock or anything like that. Just want to mention that. Thank you, Louise. Well, you certainly grew up in a difficult era, and I'm sure that you uh, were taught to keep your emotions in check. I I will say, I believe that uh, many times little girls um, have those those tearful times reinforced by getting too much attention to it, and so you reinforce that, and boys aren't allowed to cry at all many times, so there really is a discrepancy. I think that between the two, we probably need to come to the center and allow boys to have emotions and cry when it's appropriate and uh, let girls know that crying at the drop of a hat, as you say, Louise, is probably not a good thing. So, yeah, again, the the nurture-nature issue. You certainly can be a tomboy and still be all-woman, and there are plenty of contributors there. So, Excuse me, may I mention one more thing that I just thought about? Sure. I- I've raised two girls. They're all girly girls. <laughs> but um, when, when one of my girls was maybe four years old, I knew a gentleman that uh, I was looking up to. And um, one time when she cr- 
cried about something, some mishap, I said, don't cry. You know, just like I was taught, it's not worth crying over. Don't cry. And he said, come on, let her cry. That's the only, the only weapon she has. Yeah. Ah, ah. At that moment, I really learned to look at things differently from my upbringing. Interesting. Thanks, Louise, so much for that insight. Okay, I want to try to get to the next two callers. We're going to go next to Ben. Ben, in, in a minute or so, can you tell us your younger perspective? Uh, yeah, I have a uh, comment and a, and a question. Um, first off, I'm, I'm a child of the 90s, you know, where TV shows started talking about equality, Saved by the Bell, all these things where we were learning about it. And I just wanted to say that I think I grew up in an era where it was really coming full force, where mm-hmm. women were really being shown to be leaders. And I don't know, maybe it was just the community I lived in, but I, I felt like, and maybe somebody could speak differently, that we were taught and grew up in high school and, and did our part and as equals. I mean, I really felt pretty equal in, in what we were doing um, all the time, you know, on a daily basis. Yeah, women, I think... Women in... in in leadership roles uh, throughout school and throughout what would, you know, daily life. I mean, I just think I was in an era where it was really coming to come into focus. I, maybe I'm wrong, but that's what, kind of what I saw. No, I and, think um, I think you're right. I think those yeah. that, you know, 30 years is a big difference between 63 and, and when you grew up. Yeah, right, right. And my and here's my second part to that, though, is I now have two boys. And and I'm just now dealing with questions saying, like, I have a son who didn't really want to play baseball, but I have pushed him into kind of playing baseball. And in my mind, I'm trying to make him well-rounded on what we're doing. I'll still push him into going and play piano as well. But I look back when I was younger, and, you know, my parents did a fabulous job, I guess, raising me up, but maybe there were different circumstances where they missed certain marks it might have steered me in a different direction. And it, and it bothers me often that I might miss a mark on my two boys that, I, you know, that I'm not steering them in the right direction, that I'm not, that I'm pushing too much on them of things they don't want to do. But in my mind, it's just, at this early age, trying to make them well-rounded. Yeah, I think give them, bo- I mean, both boys and girls, giving them the opportunity and then determining from there where their skill set is. So, Ben, I think just open the door, open the door for opportunity and give them a chance. Thanks, Ben. I want to jump quickly to Elizabeth and Jackson. Elizabeth, we just have a, a few seconds, actually. You had a comment on education as a career. Right. I'll make it very quickly. I just want to say that too many of us take our dreams to our graves. And I would like to say to your listeners um, that I don't think that is the right approach to life, that we should pursue what we really want, what really makes us happy, what we're really passionate about. Because when you're really passionate about your work, you're not going to work just to collect a check and pay your bills, but you're passionate about your work, you will find success. Success will find you. And I just think it's important to pursue our dreams. That's all I wanted to say. Thank you, Elizabeth. That's a great way to end. Pursue your dreams. Um, 
Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for your calls. This was a great show. Today's show was engineered by Sam Wells. Our call screener was Kevin Farrell. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. I hope you will join us next Tuesday at 11 on Relatively Speaking. And now, stay tuned for Here and Now, coming up next on MPB Think Radio.